Hey, Karmi Wasonga here. Welcome to Life in Colors podcast. New week, new episode. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on the color black. And I'm going to be talking about what it represents. Then next, I'm going to talk about the Central African Republic. And then I'm going to talk about mental health and my own personal struggles. Now, in this episode, we're going to have three segments instead of our usual five segments because I just feel like it's going to be a heavy one. So let's dive right in and let's do this. The color black is actually an absence of color which is weird because we gave it a name we gave it characteristics we see it so how can it be the absence of color black represents a host of things it is mysterious and sophisticated in nature it's also an intimidating color and evokes the strongest of emotions we mostly wear black to funerals uh, and this started in the Roman Empire when people would wear black to honor the dead. Depending on how you you wear it, because, um, you know, that's where the phrase, the little black dress came from. Depending on how you use it, like any other color, could either be negative or positive. It could either, either be um, pessimistic or optimistic. So it just depends on how you know you use it or how you find expression for it today in 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 this episode um especially in the next segment where i talk about the country i I would like to focus on black not the color but black um the meaning the the imagery the you know what it represents more than more than the color itself Central African Republic is located just as the name suggests in the central part of Africa. Four years back, I had an opportunity to step into the Central African Republic for a whole two hours. (laughs) And it had been my first time to be in an aircraft in all my, you know, in all my life. And it's not because I live in a bush with like lions it's just i didn't have an opportunity before to be on an airplane so we were we were on a small aircraft um all 25 of us and we were heading to nigeria uh because it was a small aircraft obviously we had to make pit stops in different places and the first pit stop we made from nairobi was entebbe which is in is is in uganda the next place we had to stop and fuel is in bongi Bongi is the capital city of Central African Republic. We stopped there for a whole two hours um, because our aircraft deliver, um, rather it uh, developed some problems. While we were at the airport, one of the things I realized and one of the things I observed is first of all the airport, the airport like in the capital city in Bongi did not have a fence. Or a perimeter wall so while just before we were landing I could see a family a mother who was carrying something on her head um, you know just waiting for the plane to land so that they could cross over um, on the runway and 
that that really like wow i have never felt like a tourist like i did um that time i don't consider myself privileged but i did feel like a tourist one of the other things i realized about that place is all the other aircrafts that were parked on the runway were um either food relief you know from the from the from the organizations that provide food relief or they are from the war aircrafts right and then the people that we saw there were all armed and in military regalia now that was scary because whoa <laughs> what and i i just up until that point i realized i didn't know much about this country so that's the time i started to research i was like what why would a country like like you know why would a country be like this if this is the national air, the international airport why would it be like this it just looked war torn completely and so i realized they had been in a civil war for many years as i began to look up the central african republic i felt bad but bad is not <laughs> is not the word I, i i know there's a stronger word to describe it i felt black <laughs> you know if i if you were to go with with the color color um theme for this episode it was like there was a dark cloud over this nation because while you are in the air just about to land the country is green like it's beautiful from up there and then you land and you realize that this country is war torn The Central African Republic has five colors on their flag three of which are an adaptation of the French flag and that got me thinking that's like taking on someone else's identity like in its fullness that broke my heart i i don't know i don't know why but it did because i wish that they would adopt a flag that represents them as a people and not not another country not not another identity you know this country has mineral deposits from here to timbuktu let me tell you <laughs> i'm just going to mention a few gold diamond uranium just to mention this is the irony though this is the country it's one of the countries that has been listed as the poorest one of the poorest in the world but yet it has um a huge percentage of this country is actually arable uh, as i described while we were in the air i could just see green like it was so beautiful from from you know from up there it's arable land it is capable of being the bread uh, basket the food basket of africa and even of the world it has suffered civil war since 2012 why it is known as one of the poorest countries i don't understand they have a star on their flag it's yellow i know this episode is about black but like i said a bit of it is going to be imagery 
one of the things they have on their flags is a star and that star is yellow that star represents a bright future they talk about a bright future for for their people so it's a country that is full of hope and so one of the things i'd like to highlight in this segment is that my prayer for the central african republic is to focus on that star that bright future and craft an identity that is theirs and arise and i'm going to end this segment by saying arise africa for the glory of the lord is upon you mental health is a phrase over the last few years that has been used so many times it has trended more and more people are talking about this there's awareness now and um definitions and you know people just coming out and saying hey i've been struggling with this that the other um people have been diagnosed clinically you know with depression and other forms of mental illness or you know when mental health has been thre- threatened yeah um one of the things that i i used to think about when um i'd hear that someone committed suicide because i have lost a few people i know to suicide is that those people are the bravest people i know that's what i thought um part of me still thinks so because for you to get to a point where you are willing to inflict pain on yourself <laughs> that you have to be brave you know and so for a long time i did feel like a coward when you live in a society where depression is the equivalent of being weak then you don't go around looking for people to tell that you are unable to control your emotions especially when you're sad because why would you be sad you're still alive you know you still have food to eat you 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 have so much to be grateful for so why are you not able to control your emotions because there's somebody out there who has it worse than you So when someone finally talks about their story out in the open and then you hear that story and you can see similarities with your own story and then you realize oh my god I have been depressed for so long right so for me that 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 that's, that was a scenario like I finally had someone speak about um their story in terms of like the struggles you have in your mind about feelings of worthlessness and you know and sometimes it usually comes after trauma so when they finally put a name to it then you get to the place where you're relieved because you can also put a name to it and when you put a name to something that you, then you know exactly what you're dealing with so when i first so as to, or rather when i first had a story that i can relate with 
and I could finally put a name or a label to what I had been going through, then I was able to deal with it, to know where to start, you know. And so for me in my life, I, th- I feel like I have had depression in waves. But the most recent one um, was the worst because I could not attribute it to anything in my life, you know. Um, in the previous times where I've had the waves while when I was younger, I could attribute it to a lost job because the boss tried to be inappropriate with me or, you know, just something. I could attribute it to something and I could pinpoint where, when exactly it started. But with this recent one, which was about, it, it, I, became, I became better last year in December. And that wave lasted for about two years. And it was two years within my marriage. And so just trying to navigate that, the only person I had to, to talk to and to kind of process my, my, my thoughts outwardly was my husband. Um, the thing about that wave is I could not attribute it to anything, right? I just, I just started just really um, experiencing this really dark cloud on top of my head everywhere I went, you know, even no matter how much I tried to laugh. It was never that laugh that came from the belly. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It was always just that, that, that laugh of, okay, let's finish this conversation so I can go back to my room and you know just try and be by myself the thing that it does is you spiral downward and downward and these thoughts come to you and they convince you that you're worthless that the world around you would be better without you and for me the real struggle was on saturday morning when it was bright and sunshiny outside and i would hear my son and my husband laugh in the living room and play and I'd convince myself like these thoughts would come and I'd feel like these guys will be okay they'll they'll still be laughing even when I'm not here you know and and I began to think about all the people in my life that I interact with and I began to wonder if I wasn't here how would they react and the sad realization and I know it's I know now <laughs> that it's 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 all a lie but one of the things that that really crossed my mind that I really struggled with is I looked around to, you know my colleagues my you know my friends all the people I interact with on a daily or on a weekly basis and I thought to myself how would how would it be if I wasn't here how would these people react and one of the things that I one of the thoughts that I settled with was they'll struggle for a bit maybe one or two days and then they'll be fine the day I knew that I needed help was one day I was driving to work one morning I was driving to work and at this point it really became so bad that you walk around like seeing blurry (laughs) people who've experienced this I'm sure will know what I'm talking about like you you just walk around life just you know with blurry eyesight and it has nothing to do with your physical eyesight i don't think but you just you you just walk around like a zombie at some point you know um ah man 
so one morning i was i was driving to work and um on my way to work it's it's so i have to use you know the highway and at some point i have to do a u-turn and this highway is like it's it really is frequented by trucks like trucks that speed down the road speed down down the highway you know if if you if you're a learner (laughs) if you don't know how to drive and you don't know your way around the steering then this is not the road you should be driving on so this morning I'm driving to work and um, I make the U-turn, you know, at the highway just to go and join the road that goes to, to where I work. And I'm driving on zombie mode, you know, um, just like, you know, I had been for so long, <laughs> not being present in the moment, you know, not paying attention and just kind of like being lost in your own world. And so I was driving to work, um, I, I, I was just about to join a lane and then this truck like just narrowly misses me. Like it was on high speed so there's no way it could stop. I was just joining, I honestly had not seen it coming and believe me, you can ask my husband, I am a good driver. But on this day I just didn't see it coming. So um, it just narrowly, you know, missed my my side mirror to the left and in that moment i remember just you know of course i was i was, you know i was shocked you know <laughs> so i i tried as much as possible to just you know the goal of just to get to my destination fast and then process what had just happened because in that moment i had missed death by just a flicker one of the things I had said to myself is I would never, ever commit suicide. No, like, no matter how bad, you know, this, 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 this state of being got. But I remember as soon as I got, um, I parked the car, I sat there for a full, I think it must have been five to ten minutes. And I remember just being extremely angry, like I was filled with this rage because the question in my mind was why didn't this truck hit me because then it would look like an accident and that's the moment i knew i needed help one of the things that i did um in that in that in that during that time was beat myself up because i was like but i'm in a happy marriage my husband is amazing I have, you know, I have an amazing son because my daughter was not born um, yet. And, you know, (laughs) Um, and, you know, I just, man, it was, it was a really dark time. And so in that moment, I think I made a phone call. I said, I need help. Do you know any counselors um, that I can see? I think I need to see one like today. (laughs) Um, so I ended up deciding on one who had been referred to me and I went and saw her the next day. Um, I took a cab, so I didn't drive. I took a cab. And so I, I, I went and sat in this session and I just said everything, like from, from the beginning of my life to, to, from when I was conscious <laughs> up until that point. One of the things that I learned in this session is that 
as I was telling her that I would never commit suicide, as I was telling her about that truck incident and how I wanted it to look like it was an accident, she, she said to me, even that is a suicidal thought. And like I said before, when you put a label to something, you know how serious it is or not serious. <laughs> you, you know the magnitude of, of, of it when you label something. You even know when, it helps you know where to start. It helps you know what to do, what steps to make, you know. It's a good start to label something. Give it a name, you know. And so one of the things that I do struggle with, um, not, well, not, anymore, not as much anymore, but one of the things I do struggle with is um, intimacy. And so for me, telling, talking to a therapist is so uncomfortable because it makes me feel naked. Like I have to be naked in front of this person and then after that, I feel like they have all this power over me, you know. So one of the things I knew <laughs> is that I was not going to see this therapist again, you know. So, but my husband did push me to say, you know, you, you, you just do what you need to do because we are not able to give you professional help. You know, try and see if you can if you can go a second time. And so, as we were planning to, you know, for the next meeting, you know, things kept coming up. Things kept coming up, and I never went to see her again. Um, I did, however, seek help from another therapist. Um, it ended up not working, but I realized that in those sessions that I had, the few sessions that I had were extremely helpful because I got guidance and then I I got to the place where I could now stand on my feet and actually take um actually what's the word like actually be deliberate about the steps I I take to feel better because I had the tools now one of the things also I know that uh that path took me like that dangerous path it took me down a dangerous path where I didn't even know what to what to say to God you know because I have been a Christian for for a long time now but but it doesn't even matter how long because when you get to the place it's a relationship so it's a daily thing sometimes it dies off sometimes you know you're strong and so during that that moment in my that point in my life I didn't know what to say in prayers you know because I was just like what am I even here on earth to do what is my purpose what you know um what is the point of all of this my biggest turnaround during that time was finding out I was expecting um my second child and it might be unfair to say that that's the that's that's the thing that um, kept me going, um, because I don't want to place that kind of expectation on a child. But it is the thing that that you know I said, okay, let me let me carry this pregnancy to term. Let me 
bring this baby to the world with the help of God, obviously, because we can't do these things by our own strength. And then, and then, I can take myself out. And it is in that season that I began to find my healing. That God began to um, heal my mind, heal my heart, and all these things. And one of the things now, looking back, um, that I can pinpoint this that entire episode two was finally talking about um, my rape, um, how I was raped when I was five years old. If you haven't listened to that story, um, it's in a pre- it's in a previous episode called Feeling Blue where I talk about that a bit, quite a bit. So I realized because I, I recently just, you know, like, you know, just I, I recently first spoke about that and then I began to think about all the, all the other things that had happened in my life that I'd locked away. Um, I was now dealing with all of that at once because I do tend to lock away traumatic experiences and kind of never you know never never unpack them and so what was happening to me during this this episode this you know this um period was i was unpacking all of the things big or small that i had gone through that traumatizing in one one sense or another so that's my story i mean a much better place now um my relationship with God is a lot better. I can tell you that there's nothing that God cannot handle. There is absolutely nothing that he cannot handle. And so, you know, if you are relating to this story and you are still in that dark place, I would encourage you. Find, okay, one of the, one of the things that I, I, you know, one of the things that people would tell me you know, when I opened up about what I was struggling with is when you tell someone to find someone to talk to, sometimes people don't have that kind of strength just because of where they are, they're in the pits. But you know what? Find the strength to at least talk to God about it because I promise you, even if it is just one statement, one sentence, I pray that when you find that strength to even say that one sentence, that God will meet you at that point and that you will begin to sense his healing. I'm not saying this to demystify the work that therapists do um, because it is very important. Um, Human beings do have a place in our lives to help us, to guide us, to give us um, solutions. But don't do that at the expense of the place of God in your life. So, yeah. If you're listening to this segment, it means you listened all the way to the end. And I am so grateful. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear your feedback on this episode. Also, I can't wait to hear your stories as well. Next week is going to be exciting. Uh, We have a guest who's going to take over the entire episode and talk about a story they'd like to share. 
um anyway follow me on instagram at karimi wesonga for daily interactions and see you or rather you'll hear from me in the next next episode god bless you